What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. This episode is brought to you by a landlocked naval officer who needed a new hobby outside of drinking snobby IPAs. Thank you, Mark. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Hive Jive. Thank you all for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. And just to give you a heads up, a couple little things here real quick. Uh, first and foremost, Ken is not going to be with us today. We are doing another interview, and we are doing it via Zoom. So there may be a little bit of uh, audio switch up here and there. You may have, like, a, a digital sound. Um, also, if you hear some random, like, pounding in the background, they decided to start doing construction on the street outside of my house about 15 minutes before the interview started. So it seems to have quieted down now, but it is a massive backhoe, and, and I would not be surprised if they don't start again. But uh, but as we know, Ken, is uh, he is not necessarily so tech-savvy, and so doing these Zoom interviews, he cannot join us that easily without me physically being there, which with all the quarantine stuff can't happen. So... In place of Ken today, we have a very special guest. We're going to be talking with Steve Jimenez, and Steve is with Hives for Heroes. And Steve and I met each other actually a few years ago at one of the Texas Beekeepers Association events and got to talking about bee removals, and then that kind of led over into their organization and what they do. And I thought for, you know, the national holiday, Independence Day, the 4th of July, everything happened in this weekend, that this would be a great interview to put out there. And I think it would be very, very helpful for everybody. So without further ado, Steve, how are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Trying to hang in there in our, our lovely Texas summer, which yeah, has absolutely. been a little odd this year. Um, having rain this late in the year and having it like every single day, especially for us, like you're, you're over a little bit closer where you guys have a little bit more of the, the humidity and the rain and stuff than we do, but it's been kind of strange. I'm not sure how the bees are going to uh, cope. <laughs> the bees were angry this past week when we got to them, but uh, everything went well. And I, we really appreciate you having us on the show. And as you know, for, from us at Hives for Heroes and, and the, the people all over the country that are involved in it, we thank you. Yeah, well, we thank you. We thank you all for your service. We thank you for what you're currently doing. And we're going to get into that actually here in just a moment and kind of give everybody a really in-depth overview of what Hives for Heroes is, what it stands for, um, how it helps both veterans and bees, and how you can potentially help as well. So, But to, to get everything off and going here, um, we've reached out and got permission from one of our listeners and asked if it would be okay for us to share their story. And so I wanted to share that with you today, Steve, before we got started, because I think it is, it is a great example of some of the things that are going on out there that people go through that we don't necessarily think about or that we take for granted. So this is from Mark and Mark reaches out to us and uh, let me, okay. So Mark reaches out and he says, I've been trying to think of a good way to approach this with y'all because I really think that y'all deserve to know the wonders of beekeeping and how they can really bestow certain things upon us. This has nothing to do with the above, but again, y'all should know this, and it's a long story, so sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I am a 10-year Navy Master at Arms, military police. I spent the first eight years of my time in the Navy as a canine officer working and training with military working dogs, or MWD. I had the opportunity most Naval personnel never got. 
I was selected to deploy to Afghanistan with my dog and completed a nine-month deployment with relative ease. After you go to a combat zone, they have you do a redeployment, in quotes, hoping to normalize you before you go back to your families and communities. The training, also in quotes, lasts like maybe a week. It's a joke. When I got back, I really thought that I was doing all right, and I kept feeling for several years that that was the same. But the longer the time frame away from combat got, the worse the coping got. I was getting by with an increasing amount of alcohol, and I finally went for help at my wife's bequest, and the help that I got from the Navy was actually really helping me. But I had a lot going on in my head and a lot of weight on my shoulders, and I was up to a six-pack a night just on a light day. On December 29th of 2019, while I was at work on a Sunday morning, my wife and three-year-old daughter went to church like normal. An unstable man chose to stand up and start shooting, killing two people in the church. For those of you in the Texas area, I'm sure that you've probably heard of the event and remember it well. I got to the church before most of the responding officers, the EMS, and the fire. My family was physically fine, but we'll see how that turns out for them in the future. After that day, the help from the Navy went to the shitter. My alcohol dependency magnified into full-blown functioning alcoholism. The Navy sent me to a specialized military mental health facility for inpatient care, then to an outpatient facility, all covering about a total of three months' time. While I was in the inpatient care, I was repetitively told that I needed to find a hobby to replace my old habits. I've always been a little different, so I started looking into beekeeping. I soon started listening to y'all's podcast and bought a hive filled with 10,000 new little pets. I've continued listening to the podcast and now I am one of the, and now also the Hive Jive Junkie podcast on Patreon. It seems that the Navy will likely decide that my career as a sailor is ending very soon. This thought scares the shit out of me, but now, however, I know a better way to handle the stress and the uncertainty in my life. I've been managing my depression, suicidal thoughts, and PTSD with the knowledge that I can, at any point, go out in my backyard for some bee therapy. Beekeeping and the knowledge that I've picked up along the way about these fascinating little creatures has literally saved my life, my marriage, and my liver. Through the hive jive, or though the hive jive was and is not the sole reason for this success, it does account for the majority of it. My subscription is what it is, and you guys can do what you want with it, but I really think that it is best that I do that so that you guys can continue doing what you're doing to help others out there who may be going through what I was going through. With the most sincerity that I can muster, thank you for being you. Now, be good and be safe, Mark. That's, a, that's amazing. It's an amazing yeah. story. Um, I, can, <clears throat> I can personalize a lot of that. And unfortunately, his story as as heartbreaking and as tough as it is to even listen to is not abnormal and that shouldn't be normal and i i think what he says um coming back and talking about finding bees as a hobby we talk about them as a purpose finding your purpose and building relationships in your local community is why we exist um so he found a relationship through uh the podcast, right? He, he might not be talking to you, but you're speaking to him and speaking into him and pouring into him. And then he has a, a purpose of taking care of those beats, right? Being able to distract from the normal things that are going on, maybe in his mind at the time. Um, 
And unfortunately, it's it's not as uncommon as you would think it is, especially for combat veterans that are coming back. OEF, OIF, Vietnam, the, these guys, we have them in our organization all over the place, all over the country. And we hear these stories consistently. Um, and I'd love to be able to actually talk to Mark and, and hopefully he's listening. And Mark, if you are listening, reach out to us, man. We are, um, what it seems like is we're in your area and we'd love to have a conversation and just build a relationship with you and and see how we can help you out. And maybe you can teach us a thing or two. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Mark does actually live here in Texas. Um, and I have provided him with your guys's information so that he can go through and, and reach out to you guys. And, uh, that was part of our conversation whenever I was asking if it was okay for us to share his story, because mm-hmm. I did think that it was very important, um, to be able to hear that firsthand from somebody's perspective that actually went through it to help our listeners kind of understand where that goes through and, and where that comes from. And part of the the thing that he was talking about, about my subscription is what it is. He is one of our Patreon members that is actually at the, the Royal court level. He is somebody that is an actual sponsor of the show now. And he chose to do that just because he feels like he, that way he can help us continue to, to get the message out and help other people find this and, and be able to bring some sense of stability and calm to their mind and to their lives um, I think one of the things that kind of goes hand in hand with something that you and I have talked about and also what he said, though, is that he now has a purpose. He has a reason to leave the house and go do something. And even if that just is that there are 30,000 little critters out there that are depending on him that need him to help them with certain aspects of stuff, he has a purpose. He has a reason to get up and go outside and do something. And one of the things I've mentioned on the show before as well is that not just with PTSD, but with a lot of different mental handicaps and disabilities and things, beekeeping is amazing on the calming effect that it can actually have on people. It kind of puts them into this Zen state and it calms them down. It helps them focus on something, but also just be amazed by what's going on in front of them. Uh, Absolutely. And there's, there's an analogy that we use kind of when we're going through this anxiety or hypervigilance or the depression states that, that are typically familiar in the, in the PTS realm. And, and I want to also remind the listeners that trauma is trauma on your brain. It doesn't have to be a combat trauma, um, childhood abuse, sexual trauma, any type of trauma is going to have the same effect on your brain, right? So beekeeping as a whole on a therapy is good for all sorts of trauma because it affects your brain the same way. And as you walk through and you, and you're looking for, I know veterans for sure, especially, you know, airborne guys or guys that have been in combat are constantly looking for that little bit of rush. And that little bit of rush comes when 10,000 bees are coming at your face, right? Like that rush is real, right? It's a real um, adrenaline booster. It's a real anxious type of thing that you go through. And you could be in for 10 years beekeeping and you're still like, oh man, these things are a little bit crazy today. And you know, it. you can tell by their pitch, you can tell by how they're, how they're flying around if they're angry or not. Right. But as you're suiting up, literally suiting up for your safety, right. You go into these, into these hives and then you follow a process. So you're, you're overcoming your fear, you're overcoming the anxiety and you're going through a systematic process similar to uh, team units kicking down doors or following a process in the military with your teammates. You follow that process. You see the success of that. You close and button up the hive and you walk away with a sense of accomplishment, right? That's huge on how do you fulfill 
um, your normal days through the anxiety of any situation. You have a practical application right in your backyard. That is actually, that's great. That's amazing. And it, that's actually a great way to look at it too, because you go into it with a goal, even if that goal is just simply to, to check and see how they're doing, you know, you may not necessarily be trying to requeen or split, but you go into it with a goal. And then when you're done, you can leave most of the time with that sense of satisfaction that you have accomplished something. You set out to do a goal, you finish that goal, you know that everybody's doing well. Um, of course, with anything, just, you know, beekeeping in general, but you do have some of those where you open it up and then there's a challenge and it's like, where is my queen and why are you doing this? And, and that shouldn't be there, you know, but that then also gives you obstacles to overcome. Yes, and absolutely. Like for you and I uh, doing bee removals, for instance, one of my favorite aspects of it is you never know what the bees have done or what you're going to find. You open up that cavity and I'm always amazed and impressed at how they made it work, how they figured out how to get it mm-hmm. in there. But then it becomes a, a puzzle for me to solve too. How do I yes. get into this space? How do I open it up? How do I do the best that I can without you know causing the homeowner any additional damage or, or, or money needing done um, and get the bees out of there safely and be able to rescue the bees as well? And so it, it adds all these different aspects into it that make it very fulfilling in a certain way. Even though it is hard work, it's very fulfilling work. Right. And it comes back to problem solving, finding that purpose, right? What is your purpose when you're removing bees from a home? Safety, right? You don't know the situation. Their kids might be allergic. The neighbors might be allergic. You don't really know. So you have to, you have to plan and then you have to adjust the plan. And it's so cool because that is military life in general. If everybody's heard the hurry up and wait, I mean, it's like we're there early and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're just sitting around for two hours. Right. But you are, you are purposeful in that. And when you go into a house and now you say, okay, maybe these homeowners don't have a lot of money. Even if they did, you still don't want to cause damage to somebody's house. Right. Now you're, you know, maybe using an IR camera to try to get a better perspective of where these things actually are instead of ripping off the side of a house. Right. Because right. I've seen people do that. I have and, too. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's not what people do. And if you're listening, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> invest you know, 150 bucks into an IR camera that fits on your phone and and you know you'll you'll do the homeowner a better service, mm-hmm. and then and then the the application of removing them. Now you have two things going on. You're worried about the house. You're worried about the structure, and you're also worried about the safety of the bees. Can we safely remove these bees? Because you would like to relocate them and have them, you know, thrive. Right. You know, in your apiary, right? So and then the butting the buttoning up part. That's to me. That's always the biggest problem solver. Is okay. How am I going to make this look? like it did before, right? So you're not only a beekeeper, um, a, you know, pest control, you know, and then you're also a handyman um, at the same time. It, it encompasses a lot. So not everybody can do that, but it's a really cool opportunity to, um, to kind of hone your skills, overcome obstacles, like you said. Yeah, it really is. It, it's, it's not anything that I personally ever thought that I was going to be involved in that that's the oddity (laughs) yeah that's the oddity of it I did not I didn't go to school for anything related to entomology insects bees nothing like that um I went to school way back in the day for stuff closer to this you know broadcasting mass communication and I wanted a beehive but you know we all saw how that turned out um that drastically (laughs) snowballed out of control and kind of took over my life and and some people like you know, it was okay because I, I was fascinated by it and I went through and, and kind of learned all these different little things and it uh, it was really interesting. So this is completely off subject. Mm-hmm. 
but this is a, a strange revelation that I had actually this morning. Um, and it, it just kind of, it struck me. So we're going to tell a little story here real quick, but nothing to do with the rest of all this stuff. But so <laughs> back, back, like growing up, right. The alien franchise, like the first movie was, was terrifying and everything else and, and whatnot. But then when the sequel came out and you got to see the alien queen mm-hmm. and it, it worked in this whole structure and hierarchy and all this other stuff. And then odd, odd parallel to that, but um, Star Trek, the Borg and the Borg queen, like the Borg was something that was kind of terrifying. But then when you actually see the Borg queen, I have always been extremely fascinated by those types of genres. And then I was sitting there this morning and I was like, wow. And I'm really into beekeeping and it's almost the exact same thing. (laughs) It really is. And and one of those things too, of, of learning and educating and teaching the newbies that come into the program are they are almost overwhelmed fascinated yes right there's so many parallels between military if uh you know every beekeeper has a job and if those jobs aren't done the 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 colony collapses and it's very similar in the military right if you're not doing your job as a team the team collapses so the parallels are so familiar that you kind of just fit in and as mark knows you can literally change one addiction for another yeah but it's healthy right? What we have found is that not only does that person become more educated, more involved in their own self-care, because they're, they have to now take care of themselves in order to take care of the bees. And it just happens that way. They're all of a sudden like not drinking because they understand that like the sweat that comes out of your pores when you're drinking is very attractive to bees. And for whatever reason, you know, you'll be standing two or three guys, one of them drank the night before, and they're swarming him, yep. and you're just fine. And they're like, well, dang, I don't want that to happen anymore. We have one of our guys um, who literally stopped drinking over three or four days that we did something back to back to back, right? He's one of, um, he's an Army veteran and part of the program, uh, lives a little bit south of us. And he, it was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on the Sunday, we were doing a removal and he literally was like, man, you know what I would have been doing all weekend? I said, no, man. He goes, I would have been drunk on the couch. Oh. That's what I would have been doing. And we did like an event, two removals. It was, it was awesome for him to be able to notice that and reflect that, damn, I would have been drinking this whole time if I wasn't beekeeping. Yeah. And how that translates to real life is when you're the, – the typical custom of military is let's go talk about this at the bar. Right. Hey, you're having a problem. Hey, buddy, I got you. Let's go to the bar. Right. That that starts a chain of events that are choices that are not healthy choices. Yeah. So first, now you're spending your money out there. Now you're drinking. So you're, you know, like Mark said, you're, you're liver and things like that. Right. But then you're spending time away from your family, the yeah. people that are closest to you that know these effects. And now you're actually away from them. So now you're having to come home. Him or, him or her is probably upset right? That you've been gone for so long with your buddies, et cetera. And you're not creating this divide. So there's a lot of unhealthy practices, much less if you're actually drinking and get pulled over, God forbid, that now you're even in more trouble from trying to get through a circumstance, right? Right. And putting other people into danger, depending on how you're coming home and when and yeah. Exactly. And now the beekeeping side, what we found is that this person, this individual gets involved. They love what they're doing. The community supports over not only in the local community with your mentor, but also the Facebook platform where we literally are talking to each other every day, back and forth, sharing stories, sharing pictures, et cetera, and getting to know each other. And 
you're, you're doing things in a healthy manner. You're excited. You're showing pictures to your kids. They get involved. Your spouse gets involved. And all of a sudden, it literally becomes a family event. Right. And it brings and everybody together. Absolutely. We're, we're a family organization. We, we tell everybody all the time, are, are your kids welcome to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. We love the family unit. And we believe that, that that person that becomes healthy then therefore helps that family become healthy, which therefore translates to the community becoming healthy, right? Because veterans are typically leaders. Whatever rank they were in the military, they come out as leaders. Right. Whether they're leading one or 250 as a company commander, you're still leading people. You're responsible for people. And once you start getting that, that, that jive back, you know, you get back in the groove, Man, it's amazing what happens when the confidence level comes back and you now have a purpose and a direction in your life. And this is just one avenue to do that for beekeepers. So let's go back real quick and tell us how the the organization came to be. Well, it started off with one beekeeper and 12 veterans. And we found out that that doesn't work as well as you think it would. Although all the intentions were great, there's not enough time for individual communi- uh, communication and relationships. Trying to herd 12 people at what a hive might do on a certain weekend is pretty difficult. Yeah. So you, you might plan out, hey, let's get together in two weeks, but then it rains or some other circumstances. So we, we figured out that we needed to be more flexible. Um, and we started transitioning to a one-on-one, one-on-one mentor platform. So that you have one-on-one communication, you have full, ample time, you're not overwhelming the mentors. Because one of the things is, as a beekeeper, trying to train 12 people, that's a lot of commitment. And for a volunteer, it, to me, in my opinion, it's too much. But one-on-one now becomes a relationship, now becomes a friend, now becomes a friend of a family, now becomes, you know, the next year, your apiary is growing and maybe you need to hire somebody. Why wouldn't you hire that guy or that right. girl, Right. Um, so as we started transitioning, we noticed that we were not able to really fundraise. So it goes right back into why we started doing the removals. Yep. The removals came from revenue. We had no other way to do it other than remove bees and or panhandle for money. And our thought process was, how can we be a, a responsible organization that teaches men and women to fish if we're constantly asking for handouts. Right. So our, our thought process went to let's go earn it. And that's where the removals came from. So all that cash from the removals went directly into the program. Still nobody gets paid. Still nobody has yes, a salary job or anything like that. It's turned into a full-time job. Thank God. That's great. But at the same time, that's how we started the program was through effort, work, and opportunity. If you create, if you find an opportunity and you create something from it. That's what we want to train and teach. And the underlying levels of Hypes for Heroes is how do you become self-sufficient? And that's by seeing opportunities and, and, and taking those opportunities to benefit not only yourself, but also the organization as a whole and the customer, which the customer could be anybody, somebody at an end product or a removal, or even just somebody that wants to volunteer, yeah. right? How, how do we help with that? Because our overall mission is suicide prevention. How do we prevent suicide? And our belief is we do that through purpose and relationships. Yeah, and that's great. And that's a great, it, it's it's noble, it's honorable, and it's very, very much needed, especially in today's world. Um, all the stuff going on out there, you know, even 
even people that are not necessarily involved in the services or anything else, in today's world with all of the quarantines and all of the, the stress, people's anxiety can be up through the roof and you can Absolutely. have all these other issues. Um, one of the gentlemen that works for me as a contract employee and the, the listeners hear me talk about every once in a while named Jorge, he uses beekeeping and the removal as a coping mechanism for stress and for anxiety. And he's, he hasn't necessarily, you know, he's not, like you said, he didn't go and serve and have a military incident that caused PTSD, but he has other things in his life that do cause him stress and, and anxiety. And he'll, you know, if we go too long without doing one, like the wintertime just drives him crazy. Cause he's like, when can we get back into a hive? When, when can, when are we doing another removal? Like, you know, you call me as soon as something comes up and then sometimes it gets to the, even if you don't need help, call me, <laughs> like, I want to go, you know? Um, awesome. Yeah. And so it, a lot of people can actually use it for that, but it's amazing that you guys managed to put all this together. You, you had a need, yes. you've got these veterans that have something that need, they need to do, they need to, to supplement that bad habit for a good habit that can actually build on. And then you went out there and you found like doing the removals and it worked out multiple ways because as your guys's actual slogan says, you know, you're, you're not just saving bees, you're saving a life. Absolutely. And you know, the, the removal then goes through and helps fund the organization. You get the bees, which you guys then can put into the hive, which goes into part of that whole program as well. Um, and I know the organization, like you guys started off there in the Houston area and you have now exploded, like you're all over the country. And that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Within about 18 months, um, it, it really took off. And I would say probably in the last four, the funniest thing is our biggest explosion is through quarantine, right? <laughs> because, um, uh, beekeeping is an activity that you can do one in your backyard and two, with, you know, proper social distancing with, um, you know, less than 10, all those rules that are coming out, depending on what state you're in and county you're in, et cetera, but you can follow all those guidelines and still be successful. Yeah. And the support network over, over the technology has been able to help as well, because I mean, it's really cool to see stuff from Alaska that, you know, come through and be like, that's a bear. (laughs) Like Valerie, that's a bear in your backyard. And that's a concern that you have that we don't have in Texas. I mean, not, not in Houston, not in urban Houston, you know, right. Um, we've done a lot of different things and just tried to be very flexible and very creative. Um, and again, back to the opportunity is when you see an opportunity, you're, you have the ability to say yes. Right. And then being open and honest with your clients and the people that are supporting is, Hey, look, we might not be able to do that right now, but if we have an opportunity to talk through this and plan it with you. Maybe that's, that's another leg that we can, that we can build through the program. Cause we want to be able to take from the removal all the way to the purchase. Right. Right. We want to be able to, 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 to solve a lot of problems, but also to keep the family engaged. You're not going to, not everybody's going to want to be a beekeeper and that's okay because there's opportunities for you to uh, pro, uh, uh, process the honey, bottle the honey, label the honey, sell the honey. There's, there's so many other things to do than just the beekeeping that were very inclusive. So it becomes not only a veteran organization, but a veteran supporting organization, meaning we have civilians all over the country that are providing their time, knowledge, expertise, skills, maybe a box, maybe a, maybe a, a, a bee suit that they could donate or things like that. Because we're so open, we can kind of accept anything and push it back out to the, to the people in the organization that need it. Some guys don't have funds for a beast suit. We can find it for them. 
you know, that's, that's the beauty of the program is we're always helping each other. Right. And anything that comes into headquarters, boom, that goes out because we don't, we don't want it. So if you're donating to Hives for Heroes and say you ship something to the Hives for Heroes address here in Houston, it ain't staying here for long. Um, one, we don't have enough space. And two, we have too much need out in, out in the Oregon, other areas that we want to make sure that it, the proper equipment, safety equipment, just gear in general is in the hands of the people that, that really can use it. Yeah. And you, you did mention one little thing in there too, about how your passion doesn't necessarily have to be the bees themselves. Maybe you're extremely creative and artistic. Somebody needs to design your guys' shirts. Somebody needs to work on websites. Somebody can be designing the labels. Somebody else who just needs something to keep them busy can go through and help with the bottling and help with the labeling and, you know, help facilitate coordinating these donations that come in and shipping them out to where they need to be. So the organization has grown to the point where you have a lot of different facets that can go through and help provide stability for people more than just, do you want to go, you know, risk getting stung and put your head into a beehive? And that's, exactly. that in and of itself is amazing too. Yeah, it, it, it just, it comes out of need, right? It's that opportunities that when, when there's something there that can present itself and, and oftentimes, um, you know, like we're building boxes now. Kevin is up in, in the in Montgomery County area building boxes. So we have, I believe I've told you about the Memorial Lives. Yes. He not only is buying, is building the boxes. We partnered with an organization called Helmwood Urban Lumber. Awesome guy awesome guy he takes down trees and builds them into furniture and when we contacted him because we just love his instagram page and when we contacted him he's like dude i got this pine that we can mill like you want to come out and do it so we had a whole event at his at his place where we milled pine for the boxes so those boxes will be our new memorial hives which kevin invested in a laser uh, engraving machine nice like he wants to do laser engraving. He's like, what better way to start than this? Boom. He's, he's now made the plaques for the memorial hives of, you know, the person that was K and then insert extract dates, hometown. And that's a way for those that have passed to continue in spirit, still producing, literally still producing in the spirit of, of the bees. So we take that very, very seriously. It's, it's humbling to be able to do something like that. It's a huge honor to them and their families and in, in our future state, what we'd like to do is put uh, a day camera, a night camera, and an infrared camera on there so that at any point in time, their family members, whenever they have that feeling, you know, that, that loss, that miss, they can literally see their own family members high box and see their spirit going on. Those are the kinds of things that we do here in this organization. It's not just, you know, this Excel spreadsheet and revenue streams. It's right. like, what are we really doing in the community to impact and make a difference? Yeah. And I, I applaud you for that because that is that is amazing. And it's amazing that you've managed to take this and grow it to the point that you have. And that actually just shows how much need is actually out there and, and how everybody can work. Um, if you could, if you, I'm sure you have it hopefully handy there, but tell us all the different states that you guys currently have some representation in. Yeah, so uh, currently we're in 27 states. And when I mean 27 states, the way that we describe that is we have contacted and or had a, an alliance with the state beekeeping association and or the um, like the Texas state apiary, right? So the actual education portion, um, whether it's LSU or university of Arkansas, we have a lot of people now that we can literally contact on the cell phone, right? Whether it's a, a president of, of the beekeeping organization or the heads of different organizations, 
So 27 now, we've, we have um, the coolest ones, right? Hawaii and Alaska, right? <laughs> right. The, the most extreme. Yeah, like you said. And yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Like you said, plan and adjust, right? The plan was maybe we'll be in three states in three to five years, right? And within four months, you're in 27. What do you do? Right. Right. You adjust and, and you, you build a system and build a process that is able to fulfill these needs. And we never, I mean, there's a, there's literally an entomologist in Hawaii that's just pulled in a mentor or a mentee, a newbie. That's amazing. This guy is now a newbie that is dealing with a, a, a doctor, you know, a doctor in, in Honolulu. That's yeah. awesome. Um, in, uh, in Alaska, right. Valerie's up in Alaska. She does an amazing job. I mean, just from day one, she came in and was super involved in the, on the Facebook group page, posting things that are going on. Everybody knows who Valerie is. Why? Cause she's involved. Yep. She's an amazing person, right? See, that's the crazy um, thing. I even know who Valerie is because she started looping us in. Like she listens to the show. She starts looping us in on the, on the posts that she puts out on like Instagram. And so, and now that's, that's how I know what's going on in Alaska now is because I see all the stuff that she puts out there. So it's, it's amazing. So cool. We have, we have uh, Northwestern Pennsylvania. We had two, two uh, veterans that came into the program. One's a mentor. She's a, a full bird Colonel army retired. Um, connecting with another young lady that was there and the posts that you see are like these these ladies are like best friends now you know it 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 blows my mind how they could be so close the other one that's that that really 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 blows my mind is northwestern nevada um so debbie there is the beekeeping association president and she's an amazing person uh wanda's one of her friends and wanda took laurel as as her mentee and they lived in the same town and never met each other. I had Both, no idea. That's four female military veterans that got to connect with each other in places that they would have never met if it wouldn't have been for bees. Right. Right. And that's why the, the network's so important is that we support each other. You don't have just one mentor. You have a thousand mentors, but you have one primary mentor, one that's right in your location that you can literally go and sit and drink coffee with. Right. It's not only about the bees. The bees are an avenue for us to save veterans, right? right. So we call it veteran conservation. And I like that. <laughs> it, so yeah, with you know, 27 states, we, we had 25 two days ago. We brought in uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma yesterday. Very you cool. know, and, and people are starting to understand that we're not asking for anything. And, and this is a big portion of, of what the program is. We don't want you to change what you do. You keep being you. We just want to connect that person to you. You know that, you know, 10 beekeepers can talk about one question and have 45 different answers <laughs> yeah. in the minute and season you talk to them. Yep. So it's all about that personal connection. So let them train however they want to train. We don't want to be over the top of them telling them, no, do this, this, and this. As long as you're following your county and state beekeeping um, laws and regulations, Everything else is usually personal preference. This has worked for me. This hasn't worked for me. And we want you to be empowered, right? We want mentors to be empowered and do what you do. Build confidence in yourself while you're training somebody. That's the best way to learn anyway. And now you have the veteran that's coming in, hopefully humble, willing, willing to listen, ready to learn. And that's your whole first year as, as, a, as a Hives for Hero newbie. We don't necessarily want you to have a high. The people that have gone past that first year understand that you thought you knew something. You didn't know nothing um, that first year, right? All right. 
So in order to minimize the cost, we have those veterans go into the mentors apiaries, right? And maybe they're handling one or two, maybe somebody gives them responsibility of that, but really it's about the hands-on training practical application, which we know we learn so much, right? right. You learn a thousand things in, in a two hour session that you can't, you can't even read that much. And like, like, you know, a lot of my mentors have said, bees can't read anyway. Um, <laughs> So that's, that's where it's, it's really valuable, but we, we want to empower. That's why it's empowering veterans through beekeeping, but it's really empowering everybody through beekeeping. Do what you do. We don't want, we're not asking for money. We're not asking you to put stuff out of your pocket. We just want you to create a friendship. And right. through that friendship, however that happens, you let it happen. Different counties do it different ways. Um, some counties are going to be more successful than other counties. And that's all based on what your interpretation and definition is of success. Right. But that's for you to decide, not for us at some corporate high headquarters to decide. I don't think that's fair. I think it's it's fair to know what your needs are in your community, and you build the program there as you see fit. With our guidance, we'll always be here to support. So you you touched on the beginning stages of it. So somebody is is looking to get into the program, so they come in as what you guys have dubbed as the newbie, and yes. uh, and they get paired up with a mentor. And yes. then they go through and they spend that first year, you know, learning and helping and, and experiencing what it is without necessarily having to have the, all of the things that come along with having your own hive and figuring out where to put it and, and all that other stuff. So walk us through the, the stages and the hierarchy of how they move up through that system. Absolutely. So that, that's the first year. Um, and the reason for that is to minimize costs and also um, level expectations, so if you're somebody that's dealing with trauma, this is a, this is a, a problem socially anyway, but boundaries and expectations are a huge issue in our culture. Okay. Um, everybody, it, it's just an issue and I won't go too far into that, but if you can level expectations of, wow, this is what it's really like, because they might not have really known what they were getting into, but over that first year to not have the stress of also the and responsibility of killing bees you know, on accident in your own backyard, not having somebody to ask a question to, that stress is more costly than the money that it would take to actually build this, right? right. But at the same time, you are money. I mean, you're talking about either, either getting a swarm because you know how to already somehow, you know, if you're a newbie, which you don't. And then the, the, the boxes, expenses, your suit, gloves, safety gear, smoker, hive tool, all that kind of stuff, um, it becomes expensive. It's an expensive hobby to start. Yeah. It's not no as such thing as freebies. Exactly. No <laughs> such thing as freebies. So that's the first year. We want them to get acclimated, right? Very, very opposite of what the military does to us, as Mark very much stated in his statement. Oh, it was like a week of training on how to come back. It doesn't really teach you anything. A lot of my experiences, I got it in 2006, I'm sorry, 2011, went in from 2006 to 2011 in the Marine Corps. 2011 was very much like a, here, sign this, sign this, sign this. Hey, here's a PowerPoint presentation, sign this. Here's a PowerPoint presentation on suicide prevention, sign this. This tells you that you're, you've been trained on how not to kill yourself. Right. That's not acceptable on any, on any realm. And we also are getting into the active duty side as well. Um, that's, a, that's a start that we've been able to start talking to military institution bases, that they have a lot of land available. And we can get these guys started prior to the transition of coming out. Nice. Um, so that's, that's really that first year, learn, acclimate. Second year, we want a community yard. So now you have earned a split, right? So the mentors come in with three or plus more years of experience that have successful beekeeping experience. 
and they've they've given permission for us to take a split from them after that first year. So nobody nobody's given anything; it's earned, right? Yeah. And that 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 creates confidence more so than people think it does. Now I earn that hive, and you could, you have the choice to keep it in their yard, or we build a community yard in your area. The second year is about helping each other. Service really is what it's about. How do you serve the community in a, in a general, but keep learning on another level? And then the third year is where you really get your own mentor type mentality. Now you're training somebody else, right. which that's hugely important because now you're providing the leadership. Now you're in a leadership state where you're building others. And what better way to have your stuff together than be allowed to mentor somebody else. Right. That's, that's the, that's the real crux. If you can, if you can teach it, you can do it. And that's, right. that's a, that's a really great aspect to it, but it's phased purposely. It's really like follow, serve, lead. And we do that in the military. Um, I was talking to an individual yesterday about uh, the rifle range. You don't just go out to the rifle range and give you a bunch of live rounds and say, shoot that way. Right. You have literal classroom instruction, dry fire yard, and then live fire. There are stages for a reason. And we want, we want to continue that because it's familiar. It's not only familiar, but it's proven successful. And as the program continues to grow, you need that leadership in those areas anyway, because somebody like myself or any one of the mentors, you can't have 15 mentors. You have to do everything in threes. That's, that's, the, that's the way the program works is everything's in threes. So you might be able to mentor up to three. We don't want that. We want individual mentors, but we want to stay real, real lean up at the top and just make sure that administrative cares are taken care of. Right. That's all that we, in, in reality, it's all we do at the headquarters uh, per se. Take care of administrative things to alleviate the burdens from the, the one hive, one mentor, one newbie. That is the core of the program. Yeah. If, if we fail there, we fail the entire program. Yeah, and that's it's a great way to have that structured and set up too, and it, and it does make it easier when that is all you have to focus on. Absolutely, we're just, we're just here to talk about the bees while you're going through and doing that. You know, you can talk about whatever you want to while you're doing that hive inspection, and you're learning yeah. as you go. So you you you're supplementing that. I went to the bar to talk and have a drink. Well, now I'm going and I'm working and I'm doing this thing with the bees, but I'm still able to talk and have that relationship and communication and be able to share while you're still learning and you're doing something that is giving you a purpose. So again, I think the entire system is, is just a, a wonderful thing that you guys have actually created. Yeah. We, it's like I said, it's all ba it's based on the needs. And as we also say, we grow with the bees and we grow with the newbies, yep. right? That's how the organization grows. It's not forced growth. It's necessary growth because forced growth, you, you put yourself in a pattern that this plan exists, and then you don't even realize all the opportunities that are outside of that. Yep. Um, when it comes to like social media, for example, you know Morgan. Morgan has crushed the social media aspect. I mean, yeah. we had, it, it was just not good. We'll put it that way. Morgan comes in and says, hey, I have a strategy for this. You know, volunteers her time, her efforts, her, her, her creativity, right? right? She doesn't want to mess with the bees. I don't want to get stung. You know, and that's okay because you have other skills and talents that are so valuable that if you didn't exist, other people wouldn't know about the program. Right. Right. So you can do all you want in Houston, but I also think that it's, it's extremely, for us, with a platform that can be successful on a scalable level, 
I think it's really selfish to just keep it in Houston. Hey, we're doing really, really good stuff in Houston. Well, that's cool. You have an opportunity to save lives all over the place and you're keeping it to yourself. I think that's a little bit selfish. So that's why we scaled out because the, the requests that were coming in were, Hey, do you have this available in Tennessee? You have this available in Florida. Do you know any groups that are here? Do you know any groups that are there? So we not only partner with the organizations like the TBA or um, the, the Florida Beekeeping Association and things like that, but we also partner with other existing veteran organizations that are in the communities themselves. Um, Charles from, from Georgia, they do a great job. They have 10 to 12 guys out there that are in the Macon, Georgia area that knock it out of the park. We don't want to mess with your organization. We want right. to support your organization. Right. If there's anybody in Georgia that can come to you, let's feed them to you. We don't want anything from it. We don't want some finder's fee or anything like that because our why is so different. Our why right. is how do we prevent suicide? Right. Not how do, how do we, we create a revenue stream to come and fulfill some, some organizational goals. Right. Our only real metric is how many touch points do we have from a newbie to a, to a mentor and how many of those partnerships do we have? That's our true metric. Because we understand that the purpose and relationship leads to the reducing of the suicide. Right. And it's, it's kind of in a, in a, a simpler version of that. It's just, it's networking. Like networking. you guys, yeah, you guys are looking for the resources that you need so that you can continue bringing group A to group B so that they can actually work together and help grow everything. Um, from, from that perspective, what are, you know, obviously there, there's all kinds of donations and things out there that, that people can do. But I think um, from conversations with you and stuff in the past, one of the, the key things that is really valuable to you guys is one, that mentor. Yep, the mentor. And also space, being able to find somewhere where you guys can set up these community yards and have it be where you can have multiple individuals that can all meet at one central location to go through and work on stuff. And you've been able to work that out in a lot of different areas by working with you know, county extension agents and individuals in the cities and whatnot. So you've been extremely creative on the solutions to some of these challenges and problems to still continue getting this all to come together and work and work as fluidly as it does. And that is, it's absolutely amazing. So if anybody out there definitely wants to help out, if you guys have resources, if you know somebody who may be a good fit for it, um, that was one of the things that we talked about this for the state level for Texas Beekeepers Association and partnering with you guys as that network to kind of try to help find and allocate people in certain areas that may be able to contribute in some way. Yeah. And right off the bat at the board meeting, we had one lady that was immediately wanting to be part of the um, Memorial Hive program. Like as Absolutely. soon as she heard me say that, she was like, I want to know more about it. Put me in contact with him. This means so much to me, you know. And then we had another gentleman that was like, I know a veteran who is already a beekeeper, has been keeping bees for like a decade, an amazing individual, and he would be a great fit to be able to go in and potentially step into like a mentor type role, you know? And so it just, it immediately clicked with everybody there and they were all very much on board. And that's kind of the, the, the things that we're looking for whenever we, we go through and talk about this is that networking aspect of that. Uh, networking, networking is amazing and really kind of overcoming barriers. Um, a cool, I think a cool story is the city of Lake Jackson. So it's Southeast of Houston. They have an ordinance where they can't have bees in the city. And so I went down to uh, Brazoria, Brazoria County and this became 
a, a task, I guess you could say. The people there, the, the, the people in the beekeeping association were like, yeah, they won't even let us do this stuff. So I literally went to the city council meeting and I was by myself and I had a small presentation. I went through all the proper channels, right? Requested to speak, et cetera. A couple of weeks out, they had, a, they had a city council meeting. It, within five minutes, they had approved Hives for Heroes to be a part of the area. They had given us a plot of land to be able to rent out for a dollar for a hundred years um, to be able to provide this to the veterans in the Lake Jackson area. So what that does is not only provides that to the veterans, but also the mentors who many are civilians. So now you're satisfying and solving problems already in the beekeeping association. They couldn't really get around, but now they have a more central location that they can go to. So you're, you're trying to, again, we do win, win, win. How does it win for everybody? It wins for the city. It wins for the veterans. It wins for the beekeeping association. It wins for the bees. I mean, there's four right there. Um, So we're, we're constantly trying to be creative. You, you had mentioned uh, counties, and right now we're in 17 counties in Houston with multiple people in those, in those areas. Yeah. Right? Some of them are far off Northeast Texas. Like I didn't, you know, I don't travel there. We'll put it that <laughs> way. And we're able to connect with guys in those organizations and connect them to, to a mentor. Yeah. Um, people are starting to understand our platform. We've definitely gotten the, I'm not here for soliciting. I don't know what you want kind of comments. But after, you know, we send them the link to the website, we tell them what we're actually doing, that we don't want anything from them. Like, we, right. we just don't. Um, it's almost hard to hear sometimes when somebody's calling you that doesn't want anything from you. Yeah. Right? And, and so it's almost unbelievable at, at some points to, to some conversations, which is really funny because at the end of the conversation, they're so on board, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So one of the challenges that we have is being able to continuously connect with everybody because there's so many people. So that's why we use the social media platforms is it's, it's a way to group um, and, and have conversations as, as a whole, because something that you might've learned in Texas could be very, very beneficial in Louisiana and Florida. Right. Yeah. Beekeeping is beekeeping is beekeeping to that degree. Um, you do change a few things here and there, but outside of, of the beekeeping aspect itself, it goes back to, you know, your guys's core purpose, which is, saving a life, saving a veteran, saving somebody who otherwise left to their own devices could have drifted away. And, you know, this helps pull them back in and anchor them and ground them. And yeah, we've had had presentations with Wounded Warrior Project. We, I had one uh, several, probably a month or two ago. And in one conversation, I believe there was 26 people online. Like they had already pre-screened like, Hey, would you be interested in beekeeping type thing? 19 join the program. Yeah. And the feedback was we have never had that high of a success from a meeting to a sign up that I've ever seen that that person had ever seen. We've, we have some amazing, uh, uh, one of, one of our mentors now, Steven is an amazing mentor. Um, he's constantly, you know, pinging, showing things on, on, uh, on the, the social media platforms, et cetera, but also really cares because his story is very similar to Mark's story as well. And you start finding out that a lot of stories are very similar to that. I had huge alcohol issues. I had huge issues with anger, um, hurting people, like literally like having issues of breakdowns, blackouts, redouts, and therapy was not helping me. Beekeeping helped me. 
beekeeping helped me in a manner that I can't even explain. It's so important. And when, when you're talking about the alcoholism, that's not something easy to get out of. That's a real true struggle. Um, you, especially when you have the feelings of worthlessness and depression and isolation, the, that cycle goes real bad to then suicidal ideations, planning for suicide and then carrying out the act. And that temporary relief to a, you know, that problem or a permanent relief to a temporary problem, because we all struggle. We just forget that. We forget that other people are struggling too. And when you can get with a band of, of, of brothers or a band of, of brothers and sisters that are, that are kind of going through the same struggle, it's never going to be the same as yours. You have to identify that. It's not your struggle. It's similar because we're human and right. we have human emotions. And at the basic level, that's all we are is human emotions. So the fear, the anger, the anxiety, those are all things that we can relate to. I can't necessarily relate to your story, but I can relate to the feeling of your story. Yeah. And so when, when you're talking about him, even dealing with the Texas shooting, that's he's, he's out of, he has no control over a situation where he's not even there. And now you're trying to, you know, kick into gear. I mean, he's a, he's a deployed veteran. You kick into gear, trust me. And he's going to, to save his family and the people that are there. That's got to be a, a feeling of helplessness as well. That how do, you, how do you overcome that, right? How does your family overcome that? There could be um, a, a situation where his family is now overcoming it because of these two. Because that exactly. is strong. Yeah, that and that's, that's what he says. They, when they left that... They are seemingly fine now, but who's to say what they're going to be in a few years? Because as he mentioned on his, when he first got out, he thought he was okay. He thought he was coping. He thought he was doing all right. But then how he was coping started kind of getting out of control and he started He's realizing like, I'm not all right. Um, you need yeah, more I mean, alcohol to cope, right? And our, our goal is not to cope because here's the other thing too. And, and we're having a lot of law enforcement things going on right now. Right. Trauma is trauma again. Law enforcement, first responders deal with trauma differently than veterans do. And the reason, because, the reason is because it's necessary. We leave for eight months to a year at a time. We come back. We're different people. Our family's different people. Every day, first responders come back home. Yeah. So it's a different type of coping. They have to put on a uniform and take it off put on a uniform and take it off. But here it's still the same. It's still the same trauma. They've still seen the atrocities of what normal people don't see or experience. Yeah. Right. So that, that is, is something that we, w that we are leaning forward into as well is not only military, but first responders because they are heroes. Right. So we want to make sure that we're open and a lot of veterans are first responders. Yep. You know, they come out and they see that structure. They see the, the hierarchy, they see the camaraderie, and that's what they're looking for. So we can help with that as well. Yeah, man, I tell you, it's just these things. A lot of times it, it leaves you for a lack of words, um, both how inspiring it is and just how wonderful it is that you guys are able to provide the platform to be able to try to help these individuals and help bring them back around. And then, I mean, it just, you know, icing on the cake, it gets to be beekeeping related. So absolutely. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, we want to be very forward with who we are, right? We're, we're an organization, we're a community that right. service that serves each other, right? This isn't about one person. It's not about anything that goes on outside of how can we connect you to somebody in your local area that you can build a relationship with by driving that purpose. And we are a huge team. Everybody contributes, everybody 
um, has special skills and talents and humor, you know, like just different things that come in where people are telling jokes and it's kind of a veteran community. So they can be a little bit different jokes. It's funny, right? Because we have a different way of talking and the ability for the, the, the mentors to see that as well, it opens their eyes. And we didn't want to be an all, uh, a, um, a veteran only community. And this is the reason why we have to assimilate. There isn't like, Oh, you're a veteran. So you're now just, you're, you're accepted like that. No, we're in society and it's our responsibility to assimilate and get along with everybody. We can be leaders in that, in that society, but that's your choice. You can't just be, Oh, that's a veteran over there. That's what he's going to do. You still have to be socially acceptable transition because your family is very important as well. Right. Right. And those, those kind of unhealthy habits and and mannerisms that we had before need to transition into healthy things for our kids, right. Right. For our spouses, our kids, so that they can grow up understanding what that looks like. Um, but the, the, the community as a whole is benefited because now we're talking, we're not the veterans and the civilians because those mentors, trust me, they are heroes. Trust me. We have the hashtag is be a hero. Why? Because you're saving a life when you're a mentor and you come into this program and you're taking on the responsibility of somebody, trust me, you are a hero. There is no doubt about that in my mind. So how we define it is you are saving a life. You're not only saving the bees, but you are saving the vets. And that's hugely important for everybody to kind of to wrap their heads around is you providing that, that service, that time, that, that minimal equipment or that minimal donation is literally you being a hero. Right. Hives for heroes from heroes. <laughs> we all have the capacity to be a hero in our own way if we reach out and help other people and try to help pull everybody up and instead of pushing people down or, or trying to hold them back. Absolutely. And we're so grateful for, for you, um, for this opportunity to be able to speak because the, the more, the more people know about it, the more they can do about it. If, if you don't know about it, it's really tough, you know, but as, as you know, social media has been great. The freest thing and the best thing that you could ever do for the program and for Hive Jive is literally just like, and share. Yep. I mean, put a comment on there, like, and share. It's totally free. It costs you nothing, but it could be in the eyes of somebody else that didn't know about it previously. It could save somebody like Mark. It could save somebody like me or the other veterans that are in the program. Um, it could give an opportunity for somebody that maybe is not a mentor, but has special talents and skills that want to do something else. They want right. to do something different. And maybe they're an accountant. Maybe they help us on the CPA level. I don't know what that looks like. I truly believe that the, the best things are ahead of us because those ideas haven't shown up yet. Right. Those people haven't come up into our organization yet. Um, there's a, there's a really cool quote that I love that says people will always be your problem and people will always be your solution. And I believe we have a lot of solutions in Hives for Heroes. So, you know, whether it's talking to a a beekeeping association that has a large reach or just a single individual that has a neighbor that all of a sudden knows about it. Right. Um, again, veteran conservation through bee conservation. It's, it's just what we do and we love it. It's literally a full-time job now. And, just absolutely love it to death. It's, it's pretty amazing. Well, don't be surprised after all of this if you don't start uh, replacing images of bears in people's backyard with images of kangaroos and koalas because um, this goes all over the world. We have a huge following in Australia and uh, they are very fun, very vocal listeners out there all across oh, the globe. Um, so now 
your your message has went from just here in the United States. You know, you started in Texas, you spread throughout the United States. Well, now we just we threw it all the way across the globe. So, I I love Aussie. Uh, the Aussies we served with, um, they were they were training with us on the 15th Mew in uh, 2010. So we had Aussies, and, and then we went over to New Zealand with the Kiwis. And man, such a such a good group of people, they like are. just amazing, hearted people, happy people, um, just obviously willing to serve. And I mean, they love Marines over there too. So we had such a great time. We were in, we actually docked in Darwin, and I had a, a, a really cool experience out in Darwin, and just amazing amazing people i've 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 loved my experiences with those guys yeah i've i've thoroughly enjoyed the things that i have just even through through communications emails and and social media and messages and stuff the things that i've been able to see and experience and learn through their eyes you know as they they share all this stuff with us and they're like oh this is what i'm doing today or check this out and and you know we'll get these these random pictures and it's kind of like what you were talking about with you know alaska you're like um is that a bear in your backyard you know i i see this picture of like all these kangaroos everywhere and they're like oh that's just another you know that's just a regular morning it's they don't have deer they have kangaroo it's like, yeah, it's like your possum you know exactly yeah yeah that's we just it's just a normal normal occurrence to them but to us it's it's really cool and we've we've really enjoyed all of that um and, yeah, we've, and gotten, I, we've gotten reached out to from the from europe we've gotten reached out to from iran there's a doctor in iran that does uh, similar to what we do in the houston area urban right so rooftop beekeeping yeah how do you how do you again how do you solve problems yep. and there's not a lot of just hey there's a field right over there in the middle of houston right so um how do you how do you solve that well you get on the rooftops um sandra who's out in the DFW, northern DFW area. You might actually know her. I know Sandra, yeah. She's putting uh, beekeeping equipment, hives, et cetera, on, on hotels, yep. right? So, so she's, she's taken a huge uh, liking to, to what our mission is and um, is, one, just an amazing human being. She had an article written about her here probably like two weeks ago or so that we shared on our, on our platform. Um, very invested. She's, she's hooked us up with probably like three or four different mentors, one being in Massachusetts. He was, he was out here in, in the Brazos Valley area, moved to Massachusetts, and, and we have a collaboration going on with now him, so Hives for Heroes, and the Boy Scouts of America in Massachusetts. You know, That's awesome. The opportunities of saying yes are endless. What You have to, of course, manage that growth and be able to say no as well because you right. can't do everything. But at the same time, how many opportunities are out there that we just look by every day? Right. Every day we go, Oh, that, that'd be pretty cool. That's probably for somebody else. Right. Well, maybe it's for somebody else in our organization. Maybe it's a, a, a like or a desire or a love that you can provide and we give you the platform to do so. Right. Right. This is a collaborative effort. It doesn't have anything to do with individuals. It's a collective team that goes and has the same mission. And that's why it's so powerful because it doesn't have anything to do with the individual unless you're right there. Like I said, at the core of the organization, one hive, one mentor, one newbie. That's the core. That's where you it's get all that, about. that real interaction, man. And that's where those successes come from. And those friendships and that, that lifelong love of beekeeping. Because I guarantee you, if you don't run the first day, and even if you do, you end up just being enthralled. I don't even know a good word to say because you're just overwhelmed on the amazingness of bees, right. how they do what they do, what they're doing at different times, how they've lasted so long. You know, it's just beautiful. And there's really no other way to communicate it other than it's amazing. It is. Right? 
And, and once you get involved in that, it's really hard to back out. It's really hard to back. There's people that are selling B equipment. They're like, it breaks my heart, but I'm, you know, now have over five years have become allergic to the stings, right. You know, or something like that, some kind of medical issue or maybe a travel issue. And they're like, it breaks my heart to have to like get rid of this. And I want to still be involved in the groups, but I just can't do the beekeeping aspect. And, and we have an avenue for that as well. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, tell everybody out there, if somebody wants to get a hold of you guys, you know, give them, give them that means to do so, your, your webpage, social media, contact, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Every, we are blessed to be, have everything at Hives for Heroes. So it's www.hivesforheroes.com, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Just look up at Hives for Heroes. If you're a veteran um, or a mentor, please get onto our group page. It's the Hives for Heroes group. Um, it has an admin on it, so you'll have a series of questions. But if you're interested in, in mentoring or being a newbie, the application is right online. It's you know at hivesforheroes.com. And you go in and fill out a single form. We collect the information that we need to be able to match you. That information doesn't go anywhere outside of us. Um, and we match you with somebody in your geographical areas. So it's really cool. We had a guy yesterday, his name's Dan. He had given up on beekeeping because people, some, somebody out in California told him no, right? And it just so happened that last week we had a guy from Sacramento say, hey, if you have anybody in like two hours, because he does what you do, right? It's bee removal. Yeah, he's all over the city, all over the county, everywhere. And he goes, if you have anybody, you send them to me and we will take care of them. So this guy that was going to quit is no longer going to quit. And that's what we really want. Our, our job is to not take no for an answer and go out and find you somebody that will get you to your goals. Right. So at Hives for Heroes, everything's on the Web page. We have like an outline of what we do, who we are, um, how to how to apply to the programs. And we'll reach out to you typically within 24 hours. So you'll be getting an email from us within 24 hours of, hey, we got your information and we're matching you. Um, and if you're a mentor and you're waiting, hey, thank you so much for being a mentor. We are trying to find a newbie in that area to match you with. So everything is driven from that newbie perspective. How can we support them? Um, and then, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, please like, and share, uh, we have some amazing stories out there. You can see personal testimonies from individuals that are on there. Um, we come out with a personal testimony every week. So nice. you can, you can kind of see how large the organization is becoming when you can literally say a new story is coming out every week for a, a newbie or a mentor. So yeah. that's, that's pretty cool too, because we want people to understand the stories. And, um, like I said, like, and share, uh, post it to your story. Do the same thing with Hive Jive, man. We've 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 connected yeah. people, and it's just that network, man. You know, you just just hashtag, like you said, just hashtag it. It doesn't cost much. Actually, it costs nothing but your time, and it's super beneficial to that next person. And we're That's always right. looking for that next veteran. Um, once once we've uh, partnered with somebody, our mission is the next veteran. Very good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and speak with me today and to share with everybody out there in the world the importance of what you guys are doing and how it all works. And hopefully, you know, be it a mentor or a newbie, hopefully we're able to reach some people out there and help them kind of find an avenue back into this, this realm of salvation that they can actually use Absolutely. to bring themselves back down and, and be grounded and stable. And, and I hope that, uh, that it does resonate with a lot of people out there for sure. So I thank you again for your time. 
Um, greatly appreciate it. And you guys keep rocking on out there. Keep doing what you're doing and keep saving lives. Absolutely. We thank you for having us. Much appreciated. Have a great day. You too, sir. You've been listening to The Hive Jive. We appreciate you joining us on our beekeeping adventures. And you can find out more information about today's episode online at thehivejive.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.